Welcome to The Product Line. I'm Susan Penta, your host, co-founder and managing partner at Meteor, executive professor, engineer, entrepreneur, mentor, and mother. I have a passion for products and a fascination with technology, and I've spent the better part of my 35-year career helping people advance the ball, learn, achieve, gain confidence, be proud, and, of course, create value. I believe that the difference between good products and platforms and great ones is the people behind them. In this podcast series, I share my insights and introduce you to my fabulous guests. Together, we'll explore how to make the best decisions about what to build, where to invest, and how to ensure your product and technology teams are firing on all cylinders. No matter your story or your role, if you're listening to the product line, your goal is like mine, to solve problems and create value with products and technology. So let's dive in. Hey there, it's Susan Penta here with today's episode of The Product Line. Today I'm going to talk about numbers because numbers have been on my mind all week. Anyone that knows me knows I find comfort, and I really mean comfort, in numbers because they tell a story that isn't at all ambiguous. In my 35 years as an engineer, entrepreneur, product professional, and consultant, 18 of which I taught innovation, product development, and entrepreneurship at Northeastern, I'm still surprised at how few people share my need for numbers. So whether I am supporting a client, teaching a student, mentoring an entrepreneur, I always start with asking questions like, how many, how much, how valuable, and so forth. As we all know, you can't manage what you don't measure. So when it comes to building and managing successful products, at my firm, Meteor, we talk about a handful of numerical indicators that represent the baseline set of measures for any product. We call these measures the core four. And they are, no surprise here, revenue, profitability, quality, and market share. These basic indicators form the cornerstone of any assessment of how well a product or a business is doing. The specifics on calculating each measure are gonna differ depending on the industry, the company, or the product. And I encourage my clients to define the parameters of each measure right up front when the product's being conceived and incorporate them into their plans from the get-go. So let's take each one in turn. Revenue, for example, is all about how many and how much. The number of products or projects or hours sold at a particular price. But that's not the whole story because what drives revenue tells you something about how much investment is required and where you should apply your resources. For example, when you peel back the layers of revenue, you'll find that the number of customers that bought your product or service says something, as does whether they were new customers or repeat customers. Why? Because three customers representing $100,000 is different than 100 customers spending the same amount. Once you're measuring revenue and understand what drives it, you'll have a handle on the time and cost to acquire that revenue along with the lifetime value of your customers if you can retain them. Next up is profitability, which is probably the one measure everyone focuses on. Revenue, less direct cost, will give you one profitable 
profitability measure, which is gross margin. But all too often, product teams don't go beyond gross margin to net profit, which must take into consideration all of the indirect costs. Even though product managers aren't often responsible for their indirect costs, they matter because a new innovative product requires far more marketing and sales resource than, let's say, a mature successful product because the sale is often missionary in nature. And this means that even products with healthy gross margins can be nominal or negative at their bottom line or net profit, especially in their early years. So just measuring one or the other isn't enough. Of the core four, quality might be the most varied and possibly the most abstract measure because of how much it differs from industry to industry and product to product. Anecdotal evidence of happy customers isn't enough. There are a few classic quality measures in the manufacturing industry, for example, MTBF, mean time between failures, and MTTR, mean time to repair. But these are very different than the quality measures in, say, healthcare, where you might be looking at the number of medication errors complication rates or post-procedure death rates. So defining how you'll measure quality beyond customer satisfaction often takes work and frankly negotiation on the part of the product and development teams. Last but not least is market share, a measure that I feel is a key baseline indicator of success but which is often not considered to be core. Common sense tells us that every company should be able to define their market and know where they stand, and by extension, they should be able to do that at the product level as well. Market share is, in fact, one of the best indicators of progress and market position. It's also one of the only quantifiable measures of how you stack up against the competition. So why is it often so hard to define and measure? The obstacle is something we call the denominator problem. Calculating market share requires making some basic assumptions about the market boundaries and in many cases teams can't agree on the basic parameters or they're unable to measure market share because they don't develop good assumptions about what comprises the denominator aka their target market. Here a little data can go a long way and a lot of data can send you in circles. And while other marketplace measures, such as assessments of competitive features and functions are important, they can be challenging to keep up to date. In today's world, products change daily. And this is not just technology products. Take Tesla, for example, who proudly profess to deliver software updates to their cars every 16 days, at least as of this episode recording. Keeping up with the changes in those products is valuable in terms of the development roadmap, but it doesn't necessarily tell teams anything about the urgency of changing tactics, especially when the product edges are fuzzy, think services here, and the lines between product and platforms are not clearly delineated. A clearly defined market or denominator allows teams to measure their share and make near-term changes to tactical plans it also allows product teams to give sales some clear direction on who's in the market and a target and who's not. We can look in the rearview mirror at the business of books in terms of winners and losers as a case in point. 
We all know the Amazon story and it's an oldie, maybe overused, I'm gonna use it anyway to illustrate a point about the importance of defining your market and measuring your share. And I'm gonna do that by focusing on Barnes and Nobles and Borders and how they reacted to Amazon's early success. Amazon started by selling physical books through a different channel, but expanded their market with the introduction of the Kindle e-reader as well as their Audible platform for publishing audiobooks. This redefined and expanded the market for books, and that ultimately gave them the brand equity and financial resource to move into both the brick-and-mortar space with actual Amazon bookstores, as well as the Amazon we now know, which is in everything else. Barnes & Noble, while starting out as a brick-and-mortar firm that sold books, was able to maintain relevance and move online by developing and quickly introducing their own e-reader, The Nook. Barnes & Noble had always had a brick-and-mortar presence, but they understood and kept tabs on their market. They also followed the expanding denominator that was being created by Amazon. And since they measured their share, they recognized the trend, which was declining, and that drove them to take action. They were able to counter their declining market share and take advantage of the new market created by Amazon's Kindle by increasing their online presence and eventually introducing their own e-reader, The Nook. Borders, on the other hand, went in the other direction. They were focused on the traditional bookstore market and focused on the in-house experience, choosing instead to invest in enhancing that experience through the addition of cafes in many of their spaces. The problem for Borders was that they were not keeping track of the denominator and their share, the rapidly expanding market that was being created by Amazon and their resultant declining share. They also ignored the fact that the market was trending away from strictly purchasing books through physical stores and towards online purchases and for in-person transactions They were transitioning away from chain bookstores in favor of local bookstores and boutique coffee shops. As a result, Borders was liquidated in 2011, and they sold off their book of business to Barnes & Noble, but not before they outsourced their e-commerce to Amazon. What we should take away from this is that keeping track of market share matters, and that this means you have defined your market or your denominator, and you can easily use one of your other measures, your revenue, as the numerator, and you regularly do the math to determine your share. And once you determine your share and you see a trend, you look further so that you can bob and weave with your market. At a minimum, teams need to define and set targets for the core four as part of their annual plans if they want to be able to measure and manage progress and make adjustments along the way. They also need to have the numbers in their heads. And if they don't or they can't, This is a leading indicator that they may not be making the best decisions about what to build, where to invest, and how to spend their time. Ask yourself, can your teams run down the list of products and write down the definition for each of the core four measures? Can they spout off where they're at? If they can't, go back and ask them to do the good work of getting more granular. Because, as we all know, you can't measure, you can't manage what you don't measure.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of The Product Line and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your friends and colleagues, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. If you have a specific question for me or you want to provide direct feedback, you can find me on LinkedIn at Susan Lacanto Penta, on Twitter at Lacanto Penta, or on the Meteor website, meteor.com. I appreciate you listening all the way to the end, and I'll catch you next time.